a dating and makeover expert where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. You might know if you have listened to me before that always, always, I say that your dating portfolio is like your financial portfolio. You need to diversify as much as possible in order to get a better result. I mean, you can't put all your stock and efforts into one thing, which often results in burnout, discontent, frustration, especially when you're just numbing out and you're just doing it for the sake of doing it. Like swiping right and left without a plan is dangerous, okay? Without intention, without really knowing what you're looking for, without really, you know, knowing your values and what you want. And some people say, well, you know, I can't help who I am attracted to. I'm just attracted to who I am. And while there is some truth to this, you ultimately get to choose which attraction is worth pursuing. And a lot of people don't think of that. But what is hard about that too is that without a plan, Without a strategy in place, you might find yourself in the throes of picking the wrong people for you over and over and over again. And then you hypothesize, see, this is the worst part about it. See, there are no good men out there. See, the women suck. Oh, online dating sucks. I hate the city that I live in. Dating is for the young, yada, yada, yada. I mean, it goes on and on, right? But the truth is that love can happen anywhere. All right. The same people who are online, guess what? They're in the grocery stores too. I always say, to, you know, people say, oh, you know, all the people online, it just sucks. You know, people are scammers. Well, guess what? Scammers are also offline too. So, you know, we could, we could play the blame game forever and you can meet them even on a field trip. You could meet them at a coffee shop, but you do have to have a plan and the intention to date smarter not harder, but smarter in a place that creates energy and focus to attract the right kind of love. I'll never forget a client who came to me and she was complaining that she was just fed up with dating and she had been online and she was endlessly, you know, swiping, dating, eventually dating so much that it would always end with them ghosting in some sort of way. And her history was significant here because you know, as a therapist, I always like to go back in time and see if there is some connection with the choices that she is making, the patterns that get created. And lo and behold, her father left her at a really young age and she never really dealt with the loss and the abandonment that was attached to that. So in her current dating life, she was self-sabotaging by selecting men in a more transactional way so that she wouldn't get emotionally close because she actually feared abandonment. But the problem was, is that her fears created the reality, right? With, the, with her approach. And she was just dating unconsciously. And, and, you know, she was just kind of being content to enter the relationship with whoever came along or showed her interest. They were all unintentional and all emotionally distant. So what she feared, she actually created. And she came to the conclusion that online dating sucks, 
and that there are no good men out there. So I created a more intentional action plan for her dating life. And she had to understand that there was more of a purpose so that she could get clear on her value and learn how to attract a right man for her who was high value himself, right? Because if she wasn't thinking she was high value, that's exactly who she was attracting, someone who was not of value. And we worked on her communication with men online. We really worked on her vetting process. Um, <laughs> that was a big learning curve. You know, I like to go in there and look at the Bumble accounts and the Tinder accounts. And I was seeing how she was communicating with them. And like her process just was wrong. And I also was teaching her how to set boundaries, letting men earn her. And yes, we had to change her wardrobe. I'm not going to lie. So she could really focus on being seen because she was hiding in even her clothes. But she had to have a strategy in, in place, you know, with all of this. And lo and behold, after she started dating up a storm in a smarter way, she attracted this great guy and she's still dating him today. And he treats her like a queen. And she does not even recognize this so much so that she keeps waiting for the ball to drop. But I think he's here to stay. He's a great guy. Now, here's the thing. When you are dating with a purpose, you approach finding love from a higher consciousness. You define the qualities of your ideal partner and create an action plan to find that person. Dating to find love requires strategy, preparation, and goal setting to get the results that you want. So with me today, Oh, I'm so excited for this. She is a dear friend, a fellow expert who is going to help me talk today about how to date with intention online, offline. We're going to have a good discussion. She is a celebrity dating coach. She's also the official OkCupid dating coach and has been coaching singles on how to find love online and offline for over 15 years. She is such an inspiration. She's one of my mentors too. Her articles appear regularly in the LA Times and the Washington Post. Plus, she's a regular on-air contributor to the Drew Barrymore Show NPR and NBC's Access Daily. She has also starred in two Annie Network TV shows, hashtag Black Love and A Question of Love. Her weekly podcast, which I've been on and it's awesome, Dates and Mates, has been featured in Cosmopolitan, HuffPost, Bustle, and tops the charts in relationship category on major podcast platforms. Ah, welcome to Mona Hoffman. I feel like I need one of those like sound machines to go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That, that sound is enough. And I feel like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I made you like read all of those things. <laughs> oh my God. But it's you. I mean, no, like let's say you got to celebrate you. I know it's weird hearing your bio being played back to you, but you know, honestly, it's a mouthful to say you're just, you rock. Like you, you've been doing so many things and I've, I've, had the honor to know you for a, a, actually a long time now. And I, <laughs> I was trying to I think that was the lesson. I was like, dang, I've been doing this for a really long time. Yeah. And you and I have both been in the trenches a very long time helping people and navigate through, like you were saying in the intro, like the online and the offline. And they're the same thing. They're the same thing. It's just same people, different tool, different strategy. And once we figure it out, everything falls into place, right? It's so true. I mean, we make it sound so easy, but I know for you listening, it's not that easy. So let's get into some, some things. I, well, I would, I mean, I know you, but maybe some people don't who are listening. I'd love to have you share your story, you know, just how you got into all this, because you, I know you didn't always do this. 
No. You're in another side of things. I came in through the back door. <laughs> <laughs> Ding dong. Um, and I didn't mean that in like a, the, a, a provocative way. Um, I used to actually be. <laughs> this is a dating show, y'all. I know. It's a dating show, but I know you're a classy lady, Kim. So. Uh, right. We'll keep it classy. I actually used to be a casting director in television. And I worked with, I saw a lot of actors that would come through my door at CBS and at Paramount. and they were really talented, but like, they didn't know what to do to get noticed. They didn't know how to have headshots that would stand out to someone like me. They didn't know what to do. So many times, oh my gosh, I would bring people in for meetings with my bosses. And then they were like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And then they would, they would screw it up in the room and I'd, I'd have to like backpedal. Like, I swear they're really, they're really good actors. <laughs> and so I started teaching classes for actors and how to market themselves and how to have headshots that would really tell their story, that would stand out from a crowd, and then how to ace auditions when they got in the room, what to do, how to be themselves, how not to get nervous and let that overtake them. And then I was single and dating at the same time, and online dating really was was in its infancy. It was just kind of coming into its own. And I realized the similarities between what I would tell actors and what I needed to do to get noticed by the kind of men I wanted to meet. So I applied those techniques that I was teaching actors to my online dating profile. I ended up meeting the man who is still my husband <laughs> today, We're celebrating 15 years of marriage in April. And I, I just started doing this to help friends initially and family to teach them the, the tools that I had and what I had learned. And it just kind of snowballed from there. So I, mm -hmm. I, all the while, while I was working up the ladder in television programming, I was writing, I was like the profile whisperer on the side. And then finally, um, about 11 years ago, I decided to take the plunge and make this my life's work and my career. It's so fascinating and interesting. And you know, it's funny, the acting world, because, you know, I, I come from that world, too. Just I, I did more theater and improv, you know, back in the day. And you, there is so much about the things that go on in acting, you know, the way that, you know, you play a role or the way you dress, you know, the way that you can market yourself in a certain way to, to get a part or, you know, whatever it is. So there's, there's a lot of, like, interesting things. I wondered, as you were going through, through that process, like for yourself too, to attract your guy, what were some of the things that, and maybe this bleeds into some tips that you'll have, but what were some of the things that you did that you're like, Hey, this kind of works, <laughs> you know, like those beginning phases. Oh gosh, there's so much. Um, and I'll just start with the profile since that's where yeah. I began the journey, but really after I helped people with profiles for years, I became certified. I saw that so many people were having these fabulous profiles and getting a lot of dates and then doing the same stuff that was keeping them single. So then I became certified as a dating coach to help people through all of the, the whole arc of dating. <laughs> and a lot of what you just said, like even using, I use improv with my daters and in, in te to teach flirting techniques, yeah, communication <laughs> skills. Yeah. So we'll put that aside for now. We'll start with the profile. We have to get clear on who we are and what we're looking for. And 
if if your listeners remember nothing else about this this interview, just know that that is really the key to unlocking everything. It's about yeah. leaning into authenticity, you know, and even like I know you have an expertise. You're much more stylish than I am. You have an expertise in helping people <laughs> style themselves, but it's not like you putting putting on what you think would be right for them. It's about letting their true self shine through and being the best representation of their self. So that's what I try to do with people's dating profiles. And there, I have a simple um, system for choosing the collection of photos. And remember, it's a collection. You're like the curator of the museum of your life. You don't want to put everything out there. You want to have, I like four to five photos. I know some dating apps, you have to put um, six photos specifically. I think six is a little bit too much. I so agree with you. Less is more sometimes. Not less clothes, but by the way, if you're listening to this, we mean Not less, less clothes. <laughs> I mean, unless yeah. that, that's what you want and you want those kind of results. But if that's you're looking right. for a relationship, generally you follow what I call the three C's. Color, context, and character. Color is to, to grab the eye. You're wearing right now a beautiful red shirt or dress. Um, I'm wearing pink cause that's my signature color, but those colors are by bi- we're biologically conditioned to respond to those colors. Yes. I see red. I, I stop, I pay attention. I stop swiping and I actually focus on the person in front of me, which is a big complaint I hear about online dating today. And we can, we can unpack that in a minute, but the color is important. The context is the next one. That's showing what you're about, telling your story through your photos and kind of similar to what I was telling actors about letting, letting the photo speak for itself. And then the last one is the one most people forget, and that's character. Showing your personality through your photos. Don't be afraid to be weird, quirky, nerdy, funny, goofy, you know, anything that really is the, the thing that makes you unique, the thing that makes you laugh about yourself. Show that because that's the thing that will take you down off the pedestal and make someone say, oh, this isn't just a pretty face. This is a, this is a human being that I want to get to know. I love that. Yeah. And, and, and what's so good about what you're saying, it kind of goes back to having intention and a plan around all this. I see too many people just throwing up photos, obviously like you and I both see this with no plan. And you're only as good as your worst photo every single time. Like, this is what I tell people, like you could have a great, like hot photo and then you swipe to the next one. And it's like awful. I saw this once there's, there was this woman, she had a great photo of her. She was in front of a red car. So the red was great. And she was in a dress and her hair was flowing. She looked awesome. And then I went to the next one and See, and this is the thing about the lifestyle shots. I agree with you. And just make sure you look good doing whatever you're doing because she was <laughs> not looking good. So what she, she was holding a um, bowling ball because she enjoyed bowling in really baggy acid wash jeans with her hair pulled back with no makeup and really, really big um, sweatshirt. So yeah, she couldn't figure out why she wasn't getting clicks on her pics until we got rid of that photo. And literally it was like magic as soon as we got. <laughs> so sometimes like it's just dialing in your marketing. That's so important. And I like what you're saying. Like it's, that's so simple to see threes to remember, but you, you got to put some effort into it. And the other thing is looking at it, not just from your vantage point, 
but yes, you, you mentioned marketing, looking at it from the point of view of the person who's going to be looking mm-hmm. at your profile. And this, again, this is about authenticity, but think of what, what would that person that you're trying to attract respond to? And also remember that they're strangers. They don't know you yet. So if you're just like, look, this is how I look now after the pandemic, like <laughs> the, I like my Hagen dazs on the couch. Like <laughs> that's, I like my bowling ball and my baggy sweatshirt. Oh. You know what, girl, you do you with your girlfriends, but you are trying to attract someone into your life. They're not ready for all that. They don't know. The, they oh don't know you. So they can't, they cannot accept all of your baggage when you haven't given them like the sweet stuff to know why they're investing and weeding through all this baggage. Right. Totally. I don't mean that in like a judgmental way. Like we all have our baggage. We all have our stuff that we carry from our childhood to our first relationship to our next relationship. And, you know, we're just, we're just like putting all these satchels on and walking down the street. And it's like, Sometimes you just need, just put the bag down for a second. Just put the bag down for a second. (laughs) Pose, right? And, and think of it from the perspective of who am I trying to, who am I trying to attract? And what am I, what am I attracting them with? And this is why it's so crucial. Like in the work that you do and the work that I, in, in my programs, I always, I do five steps, Kim. It's very simple. Mm, I always start with mindset. It's all about like, what are you telling yourself about your dateability, about, about how you look, about how you present yourself, about what you need in a relationship. So much time. I know we're, we're going to get into unpacking the list a bit today. Yes. But so many times I work with people on just figuring out what they want. I'll say, what, do you know, what are the values or qualities you're looking for in a match? And they're like, well, I'll know it when I see it. Well, honey, have you seen it yet? <laughs> exactly. So maybe you won't. Then maybe you won't. So I so many times it's just the clarity, getting that mindset clear and then moving in alignment with that. And then sourcing. Where are you finding the dates? You talked about that a little bit at the top of the show. Is it online? Is it offline? Everything, it should be a mix. And I'm a you know, as OKCupid's official dating coach. I'm a huge fan of dating apps and having met my husband online, I I've seen the power of dating apps, but I don't think it's the only thing you should be doing. And I think that's a quick road to burnout. And then we have to screen through the dates because that will stop you, stop your burnout. If you're feeling that right now, <laughs> that'll stop it right in his tracks. You need to have a strategy for screening through the dates. It's presentation, how you show up for the dates. I know you talk about this a lot and then it's follow through. How are you closing the loop with people? And I I don't want to make it sound that simple, but I swear to you, I've been doing this over 15 years. It truly is that simple. (laughs) Yes, it it, it is. But, but we, we make it complex a lot of times because I, I think that there's a lot of fear in in that too. And, and sometimes, and, and this is what I'm curious about with the mindset thing and what you see and what you help people with. Sometimes people don't truly first of all, know what they want, you know, in order to set that intention out there, but also fear gets in the way, right? Like they may know what they want, but then they're also fearful of it. So they're in a tug of war with themselves. So like, do you help people with that as well? I I see that a lot. Mm, Yeah. Fear. Here's a, here's a killer. It's ugly. 
It's ugly. Yeah. And we just have to want it more than we fear fear it. And I can relate to even even the uh, experience you were talking about with your client of when you find it, sometimes it's, there's so much much anticipation built up that like for, for the first few months of dating my husband, I used to tell him he was a figment of my imagination and I must have made him up because he couldn't actually be real. And finally, he was just Aww. like, do you understand? Like, I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't possibly not be real. So why do you keep saying this? But that feeling of like, well, if it's everything's good now, like the other shoe's going to drop and things mm. are going to get bad. And we start looking. I have this situation with a client right now where he's like on the third date, like oh, I'm seeing some red flags. Um, you know, this person ha- has they, like they they don't like to cuddle like they, they he had he had these things in his head that did not align with values or goals. It was just like I maybe his love language, like I like physical affection, like I'm I'm not a physical touch kind of person. <laughs> so I I don't operate in that way, but I understand if that is something that is is intrinsic to the way that you connect and feel love, then okay, you can ask for that, but that doesn't mean that on the third date that person is naturally wired in the same way that you are. Right. So I was like we got to slow this down too because we're looking for the red flags and like those are things if you are in partnership with someone and you both have an investment in making it work that then you can say you know i really i really love to cuddle after sex like that is something that's really important to me can you give me that as opposed to looking at it as a barrier for for being able to move forward with this person that is not a red flag different attachment styles that's not a red flag 100% 100% yeah no that's real i'm glad that you mentioned that too because what happens to your point i mean we're all made differently. Like you said, like we, we all have different ways that we think that we go about things, but also as we get older and we're dating older, we've had past experiences now to layer that. So our triggers may look like red flags, but it's really just based on our past experience. And it has maybe no like truth to it in this current situation, right? So if like one guy doesn't text you back the first time, oh, there he is again, you know, red flag. It's like, well, maybe he lost his phone, you know, or, and and that has happened with clients, you know, over and over again. So that is important in terms of like setting the intention and the mindset going in. So I, okay. I love this. So what are the other steps? And we're, I just wanted to add, we're looking, we're a lot of times looking for the, we're looking for patterns. We seek out synchronicity. That's right. So we look for patterns where they do not exist. And I've been, I'm, I'm like a Brene Brown stan. So I've been been re-listening to her audiobooks and re-reading. And, you know, the first step is just recognizing when you're emotionally hooked, right? Like, oh, I'm triggered. I'm feeling triggered by that. And then what does that mean for me? And what does that necessarily mean for the other person? Like, yeah. What is the story that I'm telling myself just to borrow her, her words? But like in that particular situation, there's clearly some deeper reason why he needed to be cuddled after sex. Something right. that either through family conditioning, through past relationships, there was something that was missing for him. And that doesn't necessarily mean like, let's just throw the baby out with bath, bath water and it's 
it's not going to work, there's, there's a, there is something interesting to be unpacked. And that's what keeps me so passionate about this work for as long as I've been doing it, because I, I love seeing people have those realizations and like form those new, new patterns and those new, new neural pathways, no matter how old you are, no matter how many, how many disappointing breakups you've been through, you can change the way you can change your path and you can change the way that you react. You can't change other people, but you can change how it affects you and how you, the actions you take after that point. And I can't even remember what your original question was because I got so passionate. <laughs> I love it. You go girl. Like I, I just, no, but this, it's because this is such an important point. Like we can't move on to other action steps unless we really like take a look at where you are at with your mindset and how you value yourself and also what your triggers are. So I know I am glad that we spent time here. Um, but you had mentioned that there were some other steps, you know, after mindset, there were some right. other things. Yeah. So let's get into sourcing. So, uh, I have been known to say on the dates and mates podcast that the dating app is the most powerful tool in your dating toolbox. Yeah. But that doesn't mean it should be the only tool. So, and just like any tool, like I'm not a handy person, but <laughs> I, I, that's what your husband's there for. <laughs> no, oh, he's not either. Man, the first time I, ho- I held my husband's hand, I was like, they're so soft. I was like, this man hasn't worked a day in his oh. life. He's a writer. He works with his mind. He doesn't work with his hands. And that's fine. It's okay. <laughs> like, just hire out. Just have a right. credit card. You know, you're fine. I, <laughs> I always say like, yeah, my husband is uh, my husband. And my husband, and I have a husband who does. He's actually coming tomorrow. He's going to hang a bunch of stuff. He's going to do all that. Because I knew that it, it wasn't a deal breaker. And I was not going to change him. And he wasn't suddenly going to become a handy person. Anyways. Oh, you mean you didn't cross him off your list because he didn't check that box? You didn't say swipe left? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I I probably did swipe left on somebody who wasn't handy in that way. But anyway. Anyway. I've I've seen my, my husband's handyman enough, work enough to know that if you use the wrong tool Mm -hmm. for the right job, the, the, the wrong way, then you're going to be really frustrated. So you're trying to, let's say, okay, he's got to hang some curtains tomorrow. Let's say he brings a saw to hammer in those <laughs> curtains. He's, it's going to take him all day and he's going to be really sweaty and frustrated and, and upset and angry at me at the end of the day. But if he brings a, a screwdriver or a hammer and nails, it's, it's going to work the way it's supposed to work. And so this is my mission with dating apps is to get people to understand that the date, it's not the dating app's fault. The dating app doesn't have feelings. Dating app doesn't, doesn't know you. <laughs> the dating app doesn't know your mom or your ex-boyfriend. The dating app is going to work as well as you're going to work with it. So that's what I do. I teach people how to source effectively on the dating apps, how to use all of the tools. Like you I can love that. keyword tools on OkCupid that you can use. There are um, ways to seed more information into less text in your profile. So you get the point across like right now here, I'm going to give everybody an exercise right now. I want you to, after the, after you've stopped listening to this podcast, don't, and well, you could pause it and then go check your dating app, but maybe at the end, uh, go look at the first line of your profile. 
and ask yourself, does this tell the person anything unique or interesting about my, about me? And mm-hmm. if you read it and it's a line that could be written by any person and not specifically by you, I want you to just cross it out. Go ahead and delete it. You don't need it. You've got to grab people from the beginning and you need to infuse your unique self into your profile. Many times people have trouble writing about themselves. And this is why I I actually have a dating profile starter kit that is free on my website. So I'll give you all the link later, but the people don't know how to write about themselves. So I did like plug and play profile templates. I did way before hinge had all of these, um, these questions you could choose. I had like questions to, to get people started in writing about themselves so that you can figure out how to synthesize the information and leave threads for people to pick up and message you. That's really the purpose of mm-hmm. the written part of your profile. But so many times it's preamble. People are like, oh, I don't, I don't know what to say about myself. So they'll write, I don't know what to say about myself. <laughs> <laughs> or they'll say, uh, I'm so mad about my ex. Like we broke up. Now I'm on this. Oh, don't message me. Don't and I, I have actually the okay Cupid data on this that people who say say something like, don't contact no me drama. Yet. Right. They get <laughs> yeah. far fewer messages, of course, than the people who don't. I know it's not a surprise to you, but people are I oh, as much as I say this on dates and mates, I'll still see clients who are like, yeah, but I just thought it was really important to put in there that like, I'm allergic to cats. And so don't even, and I'm just like, that is not, that is not top line information to put in your profile. That's the kind of thing that you, you screen. So that's the third step. You, you have to get into conversation with people to figure out if they are the right match for you. I believe we were on this like crazy crazy pacing. I'm also a big believer in slow love. Prior to the pandemic, we were on hyperspeed and I was like, I, I know you felt yeah. this too. I was like, how do we stop the train? <sighs> right. So it was like swipe, swipe, swipe message right to the date. Why did they ghost me? Well, you didn't really become a real person outside of the app. You didn't really get to know that person. You didn't really screen. It was a transaction. It, it was a transaction. So you got, that was, yeah. And, and also like everyone was at that speed. So unfortunately, some people just got lost in the conversation, right? And it, it's not something, it doesn't mean anything about your self-worth or your, your relationship worthiness. It just means like that person wasn't, wasn't paying attention enough, right? Or you, or you didn't command their attention enough, which can sometimes be shifted by the actions that you take or just might mean that it wasn't a match. Like the things that you offer weren't enough to make that person put you front and center and you deserve to be put front and center, <laughs> of course. But Can I just say happen. something about that? That's really Please. important because it goes back to that inherent feeling of having higher self-worth of yourself because you can even see it in the way that people write about themselves. Like how comfortable are you talking about what you like, who you are, what you deserve, you know? And even just that exercise itself can be super revealing because if you're someone who's used to hiding or someone used to like shape-shifting into what other people want of you, you know, you could see it in the way that people write about that. And guess what? You'll attract that. So I love 
your exercise, like really like sitting with this and seeing how you can put all the things that you value about yourself, what you're wanting, what you're looking for so that you attract the alike, but you have to feel like you deserve that. Like it really does start there. I agree with you. And thank you for phrasing it in that way, because this is another mistake I see in dating profiles. Mm-hmm. Uh, we make it about the other person. Oh, right. Like, yeah. You're tall, dark, and handsome. I know. I'm like way like <laughs> cliche, but I'm just, yeah, for but example, I still see it. <laughs> just for example. Yeah. And your dating profile is your calling card. That's where you get to shine. You get to celebrate you and all the great things about this life that you've built for yourself and let them decide if, if they, if they can step up to your level or not, it's not for you to start. That's, this is a, a, a key takeaway that the screening is not, the profile is the thing that brings the bees in. The honey? That's, yeah. Bees come to honey? Yeah, bees, bees come to honey. honey. You're right. I, I, okay. They're the, that's the honey. Good metaphor. You're going, you're going good. <laughs> I'm like, let me give you, like, let's get yeah. into sports metaphors because that's another thing I know nothing about. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> can I think of a sports? No, I don't know what I'm talking about in sports, but I do know what I'm talking about in dating. So the screening happens after you match. That's when right. the screening happens. Right. So make sure that you're not doing the screening part in your written profile. Okay. So now we're, now we're at screening. Can I also give your listeners another crucial, crucial tip that has saved so many of my clients so much time? Please do. Yes. Y'all do a phone call. Oh, amen. Yes, please. Or a Zoom call or a Zoom call. You could do a Zoom call. And so this is why I was starting to say like the speed of the pandemic was so fast. And I was like, we're going to need to adopt some, another tool, another step in the process of, of, and I said, I said for my 300th episode, um, March, I think it was 9th of 2020. <laughs> oh my God. 300th uh, episode. That's so amazing. Uh, anyway, yeah. Well, I'm coming up on 400 now, but 400. 300th episode, I said, people are going to be video dating and these tools are going to be used more than ever. I didn't know the pandemic was coming. <laughs> I wow. probably should have read the writing on the wall, but we didn't know at that time. And so I thought that video dating would be adopted. I was seeing the dating apps were adding these tools. Um, but then it became a crucial part of dating. So what the um, silver lining on this horrible reality that we have all lived uh, for dating is that it did slow us down. It forced us to have to screen. And we were doing Zoom dates as a as a screening step or as a date substitute. And I'm still seeing in 2022 that that is still part of the dating process. Thank you, Omicron. Yeah, right. <laughs> that we, we still are holding on to the Zoom date. But I just, a lot of us have Zoom fatigue. You know, before we started recording, you and I were talking about Zoom fatigue. And you might not actually even need to do the Zoom date you can tell a lot of information just from hearing somebody's voice. And sometimes the, the video, it's like an extra step. There's more information. There's like how you're dressed, if you're wearing makeup or not, the background behind you, your, your dog. And, the, you know, there's so much more information for them to take in. It's quite intimate when you think about it. I'm in it your home right, right now. You're in yeah. my house. That's, 
I can't, oh my God, I've had the same conversations with my clients. And you know, what's interesting to me, I know we're digressing a little, but it relates to that next step in the screening process is I find that there's a generational difference here in ways of like how people feel about the phone versus FaceTime. So the younger generations have a super hard time with phone. In fact, it gives them anxiety because they're used to the visual aspect and reading nonverbal cues to uh, to progress in the conversation. It's very interesting. And I've, I've been really kind of like researching a little lot. And you're right. Like there's, there's much more at stake when you see somebody visually, but yet the intimacy of a phone call is so powerful when you really can just listen to one another. And I think the art of phone and giving good phone <laughs> has been dying. So this is an opportunity where you get to practice the skill, y'all. Like this is a really good thing to do. Yeah. And for my listeners in their twenties and thirties, like it's, the phone is such a revelation for them, especially totally. <laughs> my older daters are like, honey, I know about the phone. Yeah. They're <laughs> like, what's Zoom? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. But right. for the younger daters, they're like, oh, like didn't even think of that as an option. And wow. I always hear, wow, this saved me so much time. This saved me so much time because you can also get off the phone a lot quicker than you can get off a Zoom or a FaceTime. Yeah. The key though is setting up a time, a window, like, Hey, I'll be home tonight, but you know, why don't you, why don't we talk between seven and or not seven and nine, or even like, Hey, you want to I'll be home. You know, you want to give me a call around, around seven so that it's also a part of your screening filter. Because if that person texts you at 10, like, Oh, sorry, couldn't call or gives you, <laughs> gives you grief about doing that phone call, then that tells you something as well, right? It's all information. I love all these strategies. Like I I really hope people are taking notes and I swear to God, like there's so much more (laughs) too, but this is like a good start. I actually wanted to ask you, because you started talking about like the predictions. Um, You said that you have, okay, Cupid has some predictions coming up with 2022. So what are they? Inquiring minds want to know. Oh, how much do you want to (laughs) know? I mean, let's tease, let's, let's flirt with our audience and tease them like maybe the top, I don't know. How many are there? Jesus. Like maybe. there are 10, there are okay. 10. Okay. Cupid predictions. I'll just give you my top line predictions. Okay. Um, and I'm also going to be writing a piece for the Washington post about my dating predictions, which are inspired by a lot of dating data. Oh, cool. I'm such okay. a data nerd. I, this I love is my it. Favorite. It's my favorite time of year because everyone like wraps up the year of like, this is what happened this year. So what happened uh, last year in 2021 is um, a lot of people got a little um, more explorational with their, Mm. with what they wanted. Uh, We saw sexual exploration. We saw um, people changing their gender Identity, we saw a lot more people identifying as non-binary, 29% increase in 2021. Um, We saw 250% increase in users identifying as bisexual compared to last year. I know it was like pandemic times. People are just like, you know what? Like maybe that hasn't been working, whatever, whatever. (laughs) But I do think that this is a trend that will continue as, as people had time to really evaluate what's important to them. And I, I, for, for a long time, I've been up on my pulpit talking about like, we just need to be more open-minded. Like we get to live in a society now where you can date anyone. Of, and I'm speaking predominantly to, you know, our, our 
North, I'm, I live in the U.S. Like most of my clients are in the U.S. And I know there are places in the world where women in particular still do not have choice in how, who they end up with, how they live their life. And LGBTQ individuals do not have choice over how they live their life. If you live in a place in 2022 where you have choice, guess what? You have a tremendous privilege that that should be embraced rather than being commiserated about with your friends. You have choice. And now because of the tools we have, we can you can find your best match anywhere in the world of any gender, of any any orientation, identity. This is an amazing time. So I know that might've been a little left field for some of your listeners that are like, "Mm -mm, you lost me there, Demona, but I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say, just what if, what if you just ask yourself the question, what if it's not, it's not something you have to commit to just like, what if there was some exploration in there for you? (laughs) Um, We're also seeing more people having exploration in the bedroom. There's more, um, there's Mm -hmm. uh, less taboo around kink. And the pandemic accelerated that. And a lot of people were experimenting. Like I always say the best way to experiment, the best way to know what you want, you know, you got to experiment yourself and know what you like and then communicate that. So um, this is okay, Cupid. So we are keeping it. We are keeping it. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhat PG, keeping right? It real. Yeah. We're keeping it real. Um, we also saw that money will matter less. This might speak to, mm. to some of your listeners too. Like, for a lot of people, they were saying that wealth was really important in 2021. Why? Pandemic. A lot of people lost yeah. their jobs, financial insecurity, and unemployment rates going up. And so people were like, okay, well, I need stability. If I don't have stability, I need stability in my match. But there's also been now this sort of rebirth of people figuring out like, what do I want to do with my life? I've seen a lot of people moving, starting new jobs, being digital nomads, really having an opportunity to just redefine what they want out of life. Mm. That creates tremendous opportunity. Like if you could wave a magic wand, you didn't have to be in the city that you're in and you could move for love. How would that change the way that you date? If you didn't need to find someone like, look, let's say you are financially secure and, and I see this a lot, particularly with the, you know, the established professional women that I coach that you, you, society told you, you needed to find someone who was at your education level and at your, at your financial level. But like, are you okay? Like, are you taking care of your finances yourself? Then do you actually need that? And if you don't, how would that change how you date? And I think we're going to see a lot more exploration around that in 2022 as well. That is so cool. And it makes sense. A lot of those things that you're saying, you know, another thing that's interesting about the last point is that more people are more mobile than ever before. Whereas like an online dating, part of the strategy used to be, well, they have to be within 20 miles of the radius. I mean, I'm, I'm also saying people are expanding their radius because a lot of people can go anywhere, live anywhere. And it also increases your chances to finding love in many different places. So there's a lot of, I think hope too, is what I'm hearing. You know, when you're in that exploratory type of energy and phase, like it's an excitement, you know, just knowing that there could be something new in the horizon for everybody. And I think we all need that. So thank you for that. That was awesome. 
You got my number, girl, because yeah. I'm all about the what is the silver lining? Like, we yeah. have to have optimism. And the other thing that I have more predictions, but y'all can listen to dates and mates. I'll tell I'll tell you all my other predictions there. But the other thing that I think is really interesting about this time is that we are being encouraged to dig deep and look at ourselves and really understand what we're about, what our purpose is, what we're here for, what life do we want? And so, you know, it's not all sunshine and rainbows, but it is an opportunity to clarify. And so I like to be guided by that because, you know, as I was saying earlier, just seeing the transformations in people, seeing how their, how their lives are able to be expanded when they break free of what these expectations have been for us for so many generations. Like we just like, we just go in the office. We just do the thing. We just marry the person because that's what we've always done or that's what people mm-hmm. expected of us and what's their, that prior generation always did. And just, you know, ask yourself today if it wasn't true or if it's no longer true, then what if, what could be true for you now? I love that. You're such a pro because I was going to ask for your parting words of wisdom, but I think we'll part with that wisdom that you just said. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I love it. Uh, tell everyone where they can find you, my dear. Well, Dates and Mates, uh, coming up on 400 episodes every Woo! Tuesday. <laughs> thank you. We got to have that sweet. sound machine. <sighs> That's awesome. I, no, I That's like me. it when you do it. I like, I like your... I, know, I, 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 <laughs> love it. I love it. Um, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Damona Hoffman. Um, and yeah, I am also at DemonaHoffman.com. So if you want that free profile starter kit, oh yeah, that's the best place to get that. Or, or datesandmates.com as well. Yeah, you gotta check out her podcast and every all the like juicy stuff that she's sharing with us today. So Demona, I adore you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes. And thanks for joining me today. You listening, of course, this has been the Charisma Quotient and I'm your host, Kimmy Seltzer. Remember, you can build confidence, make connections and find love from the outside in. And if you want to know more, make sure you go to my site, KimmySeltzer.com. And if you want help in creating a dating plan that is right for you after you grab Demona's cheat sheet for your online profile, hop on a call with me and map out a strategy with me together and let's work it out. It's, it's time. And remember, working on you is working on your dating life. It's not two separate things. And stay tuned until next week with more tips on how to look and feel your best. That's all for now.